rhythms up Driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have that white line fever Till the day that I died I said 18 wheels Hey friends, this is Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministries And we got an awesome program for you I know you're going to enjoy it today And you're going to want to get more copies of this So... Give us a call, 618-383-2107, or log on to lonesomeroad.org. Or you can email me at gary.lonesomeroad at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Now sit back, listen, and enjoy today's program from Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road. Give us a call. We look forward to hearing from you. I keep those wheels to turn in. Town to town, there's so much I gotta see. I gotta look around. I got diesel smoke rolling from two chrome stacks. My address is 408 414, a big blue Mac. Now it don't matter where I'm going, I just gotta drive. I have the white line fever to the day. Friends, the road is our life, and hey, we're glad you tuned in today. We've got a great message for you on today's program from our good friend, James Payne. Here's James Payne. Our dear sister from over in uh, Columbia, she asked me to sing a song, and I've only sung this song one time since I recorded it. There's a young lady by the name of Tracy Mitchell. How many of you ever heard of Tracy Mitchell? She's one of the most tremendous women on the road today preaching the gospel. She really is. And uh, I got to hear her testimony, and she told how she was born in, in West Virginia, raised in a trailer park in trailer number eight. Her, her stepdad was an alcoholic. Her chance of ever coming to Jesus or being saved were just almost zero, but one day somebody knocked on the trailer door and told her about Jesus. And God saved her. Now she travels around the world, some of the biggest stages, has TV program there in Dallas, travels in the greatest, biggest churches preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, every songwriter, and here's not, you're going to know what I, what I mean when I say this. When you hear a story like that, 
you got to write about it. And so, uh, in honor of Tracy and how her story touched my heart, I wrote uh, a song that I'm going to try to do for you this morning. She said it was Hopewell, Virginia, Riverside Trailer Park. Stepdad was bound by whiskey, life was tough and times were hard. But as a child of seven, I learned how to dream. In the mirror with a hairbrush microphone, I traveled around the world. Telling souls about Jesus How he changed a little girl As I knelt beside my bedside Back in 83 I couldn't hold back the tears Talking Tracy She said I've come a long way From trailing that ten by seven bedroom standing on this stage. I wouldn't take a million dollars for the way that I was raised, cause it made me who I am today. And I've come a long, long way from trailer number eight. As we stood there reminiscing. About her childhood days I was standing in that trailer She walked me down memory lane Lord, I could see her hurt I could feel her pain Like an artist with a brush in hand She painted scene by scene I saw that old shag carpet That stole the avocado green as she told me where she came from It was so hard to believe I couldn't hold back the tears Talking Tracy She said I've come a long way From trailing number eight From that ten by seven bedroom Standing on this stage I wouldn't take a million dollars For the way that I was raised Cause it made me who I am today And I've come a long, long way From trailer number eight She said it don't matter where you come from Just where you are today And with a little faith and a whole lot of grace I've come a long, long, long way From trailer number eight Today I want to preach a dirty sermon I want to talk about dirt Genesis chapter 1, verse 9. I hope we can get that on the screen. Genesis 1, 9. I want to read that if we can get that on the screen. On the first day of creation, God created light. Second day of creation, God divided the water and the dirt. There's 30% of the earth is dirt. 70% of the, of the earth is water. 
and God said, let the waters under heaven be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear, and it was so. Go to the next verse. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas, and God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, and that's not marijuana. Grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after its kind whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. It was so. You see, God not only spoke to the seed, God spoke to the earth to bring forth the harvest. Are you with me? Then Jesus, you got to know that the Bible was written to farmers. People think farmers are dumb. Can I tell you something? There was a, a farmer on the airplane in first class in a pair of overalls. And a brilliant scientist sat down beside him, and the farmer leaned over against the window and went to sleep. Scientist couldn't sleep. He had a lot of things on his mind, so he elbowed the farmer and woke him up and said, let's play a game. Farmer said, I want to sleep. He said, let's play a game. I'll make it worth your while. I'll ask you a question. If you can't answer it, you give me $5. You ask me a question. If I can't answer it, I'll give you $500. The farmer said, that's a pretty good idea. So the scientist said to the farmer, what do they call water? The farmer said, I don't know. Hand him $5. Then the farmer said to the scientist, what goes up a hill with three legs and comes down with four? And the scientist said, I don't have a clue. Gave him his $500. The farmer went back to sleep. Scientist got on the computer. He Googled everything. He called some of his friends. What goes up a hill? Four legs comes down with three. About four hours later in the flight, he couldn't stand it anymore. He had to wake the farmer back up. He said, what does go up the hill with three legs and come back down as four? The farmer reached in his pocket and got $5, said, I don't have a clue. <laughs> Farmers are not crazy. You know, our, our country is losing farmers. And, uh, and in the process of losing farmers, we're losing uh, the vision of seed time and harvest. And we don't realize that if all the farmers stopped sowing tomorrow, what would happen in America? Somebody talk to me. If all the farmers stopped sowing tomorrow, what would happen? We'd starve to death, right? All right, let's bring that into the financial realm of the church. What if all of God's children stop sowing tomorrow? Only 13% sow now. And so when Jesus was wanting to teach about how to manage your finances and how to increase your finances and how to how to get to the place where you're financially free. And I'm going to say something to you. You're never really free till you're financially free. 
I'm not getting a lot of amens because there must be some people that are not financially free. Because until you're financially free, you can't do what you want to do. You can't go where you want to go. You can't have what you want to have. Am I right? Now, here's, here's, here's what's happened over the years is that the unbelieving religious crowd have tried to make the rest of us believe that the poorer you are, the more spiritual you are. With that mentality, I don't know why we don't gather up all the homeless people and ordain them as bishops. I've been poor. I'm the eighth of nine kids. My sister Sharon's watching right now. She's my younger sister. She was watching last night. She's watching today. She wanted to come, but she couldn't. I know about poor. In the last chapter of my book, I give a definition of poor, P-O-O-R. It means passing over opportunity repeatedly. We were so poor, the rainbow in our neighborhood was black and white. Some, I've been looking at somebody, and you hadn't smiled. You almost smiled. You were, there's nothing godly about being poor. When I got saved, I got saved in the church. It taught me how to support my poverty scripturally. They said poor people go to heaven, rich people go to hell. Abraham was rich. Did he go to hell? Zacchaeus was rich. Did he go to hell? No, he got born again. Solomon was rich. Did Solomon go to hell? Come on, church, talk to me. Money's neutral. I got a money clip. I laid this on the nightstand last night, and it was still there this morning. It didn't go out and rape nobody or rob nobody or kill nobody in the middle of the night. It was still there when I woke up this morning. Money's not evil. It's evil depending on whose hands it's in. If I'm God, I want to get it in spirit-filled people that want to change lives, that want to preach the gospel to 8 million truck drivers around this nation. Come on. It'd be easier, Brother Gary's life and Miss Linda's life, if they just did something else. Come on. He has to use his faith. He has to believe God every week. Come on, he has to put up with, with people that are criticizing what he's doing because they don't like what he's doing because the gospel is going out and the seed of God is being sown in truck drivers and they're getting born again and hell don't like it. And if you're a chaplain and you wonder why you're going through what you're going through, that's the reason. God raised you up and the devil raised up haters. I made my mind up, my haters were going to be my elevators. Come on. You see, I go through things to get two things. What hell thinks will destroy me, God will use to deliver me. What Satan thought, come on, what Satan thought would break you, God will use to bless you. You have to learn seed time and harvest. I you. Are you listening to me online? You have to learn seed time and harvest. Every time there's an offering taken to preach the gospel, it's an opportunity for you to sow and change your financial situation. If you pass over that opportunity, you're going to remain poor. The word rich, R-I-C-H. Are you ready for this definition? Receiving instruction concerning harvest. 
you have to make up your mind if you're just going to be where you are now or God's going to bless you. God's looking for people in this last day to take the money out of the hand of the world, bring it into their hands so the gospel can be preached around the world. Even this phone and this, and this tripod here that I'm broadcasting to over 4,000 people on last night, it costs money. I said it costs money. Are you still here? Amen. It costs money. That money comes from God's people that God has blessed, and he wants to bless you more. People get quiet because when you preach like this, they think you're trying to get an offering from them. Listen, I came here and donated my time. I bought my own gas. And this brother over here on the end didn't know it, but he chased me down last night with a seed. Right? And, and what he didn't know was exactly the amount of gas it took for me to get here. You see, I didn't ask him, but God spoke to him. All I did years ago I said, Lord, uh, what do you want me to do about my needs? He said, just open up your left pocket. So I took, I took, you know, my, my, I buy suits and this left, this left pocket here, you know, uh, open up your, uh, your, your right pocket here and your left pocket here. When I'm facing you, this is your left here. He said, open this up. I thought it was crazy. I went to Tyler, Texas. I was preaching. A woman walked up. She was a visitor. She came to church. A visitor walked up, put a check in my, in my pocket here. $10,000. You see, some of y'all shout about that. You see what I'm saying? And, and, and so God meets my need because God is my source. Now, I want to talk to you this morning about soil. You know, soil is 50% responsible for your harvest. I carry soil with me. This soil will not grow seed. The reason it won't grow seed is it's never been exposed to the S-U-N. It's only been in a dark place. It's never been in the light. So if you plant a seed in this, it will not germinate. This soil, on the other hand, is fertile soil. It's been exposed to the sunshine. Now, if you're looking at ministry, you have to consider this. There is ministry like this soil that's never been exposed to the S-O-N. And if you sow into that ministry, you won't receive a harvest because it's not had exposure to the S-O-N that it takes to make it fertile. This is a soil tester. This tests for three things in the earth. You put this in the earth, it checks, number one, for light or atmosphere. You see, the atmosphere you sow into is just as important as what you sow into. Is the atmosphere of the ministry you're sowing into charged with the Spirit of God? Is it reaching lives for the gospel of Jesus Christ? The reason I come here and sow into this ministry, in a moment I'm going to give you five reasons that I sow into this ministry. But let me continue. This check for light, it checks for moisture. 
that's the Holy Spirit. John 7, 37, Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. See, there's churches where the Holy Spirit is not welcome. If the Holy Spirit comes on you, some churches will take you in the back room because they don't want the expression to embarrass the sinners that are in the pew. Are you here? Come on. I tell you, I pray the Holy Ghost will break out and scare the hell out of every sinner that's in the house. The Holy Spirit's what changes life. The Holy Spirit is what brings renewal. The Holy Spirit's what brings refreshing. We better make room for the Holy Spirit in our services. Singers, I could care less how good you sing. If you're not anointed, I don't have time to listen to you. Come on, if you're not anointed enough to learn your song, I ain't got time to listen to you. Come on, if it don't mean nothing to you, it don't mean nothing to me. You see, it's not talent that destroys a yoke. The Bible said in Isaiah 10, 27, for the anointing destroys a yoke. And the anointing is only produced in our life by the Holy Spirit. Well, I'd like to have the Holy Spirit, but I don't want to act like that. Then get ready to act like that. In my younger days as a preacher, I was more radical than I am now. Can you believe that? And back then, they, the ladies had their hair stacked up on their head like it was around an oatmeal box or something. And they sprayed it down with, how many of you remember those times? How many of you, you've seen people like that and the hair was about, you had to look around them just to see the front of the church, you know. And, and, and they sat for hours, get their hair put up like that. And, the, and, and bobby pins all in it, you know. And, and the way you could tell if you had a good church service is how many bobby pins was laying in the altar area. Because they'd get to shouting and the hair would come down and be like a whip, you know, pow, you know. Glory to God. You had to stay out of the way. I'm dating myself, but that's the way it was. And I had a revival. Here come this, this, this little prissy woman, and she had hair stacked up. And she came up and she said, I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It was on a Monday night. I prayed for her. I was there through Wednesday. She came back on Tuesday night. I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. She went back just the way she came. On Wednesday night, I started to pray for her, and the Holy Ghost said, mess up her hair. I'm telling you the truth. Now, you better hear from God. You start digging in a woman's hair. I just put the mic in my pocket and got in there with both hands, Miss Ann, and I just messed her hair up. What I did, she shot her hands up in the air, began to jump up and down and praise God and run all over the church. When we finally got her calmed down, I said, what happened to you? She said, I've been coming wanting the Holy Spirit for the last three nights, and, and I was afraid if I got the Holy Spirit, it'd mess my hair up. And she said, when you, she said, when you mess my hair up, it took all my resistance away. Glory to God. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord a, what, what's God going to have to mess up in your life? I said, what's God going to have to mess up in your life? Oh, give him praise. Give him glory. I feel like preaching today. When you have to go out in the lawn and check the sign to find out what kind of church you're in, we've drifted away from the Holy Spirit. Come on. 
I remember the first time I came to church, I was a mainline heroin addict. I was an alcoholic. Just got out of the hospital. Never been in church. There wasn't no TV preachers back in 1968. I never heard a sermon in my life. I never been to church in my life. Only reason I went to the church I went to is because I used to pass by there on my way to the boys club when I was a kid, and the pastor would be out in the yard changing the sign, and he'd say hello to me. And so that's the only church I knew that was in existence. So when I got saved... That's the church I went to. When I got there, I'm telling you, it was wild. I mean, it was wild. There was a lady there by the name of Beulah, and if you sat in front of Beulah, they would warn you, Beulah's behind you. And the reason they warned you is because it would get in the middle of the service, and all of a sudden, Beulah would, woo! And I'll tell you what, if you weren't ready for it, it'd take years off your life. But Beulah loved God. I said, Beulah loved God. Beulah was saved. Beulah was filled with the Spirit. Beulah was on her way to heaven. Beulah didn't care about who who heard her shout. Beulah wasn't ashamed of Jesus. Come on. I'm talking about getting saved. I'm talking about getting filled with the Spirit of God. I'm talking about sowing in the right atmosphere. I'm talking about an atmosphere filled with the Holy Ghost. I wish we had a spiritual one of these where I could just go in and sock it down in a church pew and find out what's going on. Is there any light here? Is there any moisture here? The third thing it checks for is heat. Is the the soil hot enough? Don't you forget what Jesus said. He said you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost and what? And what? And what? I'm talking about fire. For all of you conservative folks that don't get animated and you don't know how to express yourself, after church, come up here and let us stick your finger in a light socket and see if you're still conservative. Come on. Let let me hook you up to 120 and see if you're still conservative. Your problem is you never got connected in Matthew 13, verse 1, said that same day Jesus went out of the house, sat by the seaside, great multitudes were gathered to him so that he went into the ship and sat down, and the whole multitude stood on the shore, and he spake many things to them in parables, saying, now watch, listen, behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside. This is people that come to church and they get just enough God to bug them. You see, they come to the Baptist church one time and they think they're a Baptist. But you see, some seeds fall by the wayside. You see, you were saved, but you're being saved. That's like, that's like a farmer planting a crop one time and next year he don't plant because he planted last year. Now, they would take him off in white coats and put him in a place where he could be treated. But some seeds fell by the wayside. Birds came and devoured them. Jesus goes on to say that some fell among rocks. And they sprung up, but when the sun came, they withered and died. See, that's the crowd that comes to church, gets God, and then the first problem they have, well, I knew there wasn't nothing to it. And your old unbelieving relatives are right there to confirm it. I told you. You shouldn't have gone to that church. Oh, you must be from a different family than I'm from. 
How many of you ever had anybody try to discourage you from serving God in those early days when you first came to Jesus? Come on. You see, you have, you have old drinking buddies you ain't seen 10 years. They'd be there two days after you get saved. Where you been? Then he said, some fell among thorns. This is, this is those that, that fall in the religious crowd. It says they choked the word of God out of them. But then some fell in good crowd, and they brought forth 160 and 30-fold. See, if you just keep sowing, every one of these cards that we, that we give out don't fall into the right hands. Am I right? Every one of them don't fall into the right hands. But if we just keep on handing them out, it won't be long to want to fall into the hands of a man like Gary Rayburn. Come on. Amen. See, those people are putting those free cassettes out in truck stops. There was a lot of truckers stopped and got them. But one day, Brother Gary stopped and got one. And that seed got in the right ground. And look what God did once the seed got in the right ground. God birthed a ministry out of that seed that's now touching the world. I said, this ministry's now touching the world. Truckers know about this ministry. Come on, truckers know about this ministry. So you never know when you're going to give one of these cards to a James Payne to a Billy Graham, to an Oral Roberts. Come on, to a Catherine Kuhlman. Just keep on handing them out. Just keep on handing them out. Come on, just keep on sowing that seed. All they got to do is scan that code, and it takes them right to the Word of God. And the Word of God will get in their heart, and the Word of God will change them. I'm talking about sowing in good ground. Now, I want to give you quickly, and you can write these down, five reasons to sow into Lonesome Road Ministry. Now, I'm talking about sowing financially. Everybody say the soil is 50% responsible for my harvest. That's mighty weak. The soil is 50% responsible for my harvest. It's not just what I sow, it's where I sow. Number one, you always want to sow in a place where the gospel is being preached. I don't know of anyone that's on any of these cards that don't preach the gospel. I know Brother Gary enough to know he listens to every message. And if it don't qualify, it don't go on one of these cards. How many of you believe that's okay? So the number one reason to sow into Lonesome Road Ministry, it's where the gospel goes out. In Mark chapter 10, beginning in verse number 27 down through verse number 30, Jesus said, he said, in the last days that the first will be last and the last will be first. How many of you read that? In other words, he said, in the last days, I'll take people who have been at the front of the line and not done their job, and I'll pull them back to the back of the line, and I'll pull those at the back of the line that have been believing me for promotion and increase, and I'll move them up to the front of the line. How many of you are ready to come from the back of the line up to the front of the line? What? prompted this conversation with Jesus is Peter said, Lord, we left everything to follow you. We left houses. We left lands. We left our Lord, when's it going to be our time to be blessed? And Jesus said, no person has left houses, lands, fathers, mothers for my sake and 
the Gospels. I want to answer a question right here. God don't need your money. I hear that all the time. God don't need my money. No, but God's work does. God's not sending angels to earth with money. God don't need my money. Well, then when you need a miracle, remember that when you need a miracle. Tell God, you don't need my money, but I do need your power. See, God responds to us the way we respond to him. You've got to come to him and repent in order to be born again. God works on the exchange system. You give God your sin, he gives you his salvation. You give him your problems, he gives you his solution. You give him your heartache, he gives you his joy. It's an exchange system. Hebrews 11.6 says, uh, For it's impossible to please God without faith. For when you come to God, you must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You see, the blessings of God are not automatic. You may not be on God's list of people to heal, but you get on his list. He said those who leave and sacrifice for the gospel and for my sake, he said they'll be moved from the back of the line up to the front of the line. I'm just telling you what Jesus said. If you don't like that, take it up with Jesus. It's time for some of y'all to get to the front of the line. So, where the gospel is being preached. How many of you would agree with me? Look at me. Don't look at the floor. Look at me. How many of you would agree that this is a place and a ministry where the gospel is being preached? How many people sitting in this, in this church today, you say, Something from Lonesome Road Ministry touched my life. Raise your hand. Come on, raise it up high. Come on, Brother Gary, get your hand up in the air back there. Come on, amen. Lonesome Road Ministries touched your life. Then it's a good place to sow because the gospel is going forth. Number two, sow where souls are the number one priority. How many of you would believe with me? that this ministry is geared and designed to reach lost souls. Churches, most of them, are designed to babysit and entertain Christians. And all a Christian has to do is get dissatisfied with the pastor and they'll go to the church over across the road. They found a man on a deserted island and there was two buildings built on this deserted island. And the rescuer said, what is that building? He said, that's the church that I go to. They said, what is this over here? He said, that's the church I used to go to. And that describes people today. They come and they pick and choose. They come to church like you go to a cafeteria. They get in line. I like this. I don't like this. I'll take this. I won't take that. Listen, we got to come and know that souls are the priority. And you got to get your hands dirty to win souls. I said, you got to get your hands dirty to win souls. You got to go into the world and preach the gospel to win souls. About 18 months ago, the Lord spoke to me. I'd never been to Pakistan, didn't know the first thing about Pakistan, wasn't even sure I could spell Pakistan. <laughs> but I was just praying one day, and the Lord said, Here's what I want you to do in the next, uh, uh, you know, uh, few years. He said, I'll tell you when to do something else, but right now, here's what I want you to do. He said, that country is 98% Muslim, and the people have never seen a Bible. He said, I want you to send Bibles to Pakistan, 
until I tell you not to. So we cut a deal with a company in South Korea that would give us Bibles in their language for $7 a piece. For the last 18 months, we've been having 12 to 1,500 people a month saved. Are you here? And they've been handed a Bible for the first time in their life. They've seen a Bible, held a Bible, and read a Bible. And unlike some of you Americans, they don't carry it just to look religious. They actually read it. They don't care it to save their place at church. They actually read it, and they, act, and they actually believe it, and they become fire-breathing, soul-winning saints of God, hallelujah, that go out and tell the Muslims, this is what Jesus did in my life, and this is what Jesus will do in your life. So souls have to be our priority. And Lonesome Road is a ministry that goes after souls. Number three. I just wrote these down. I had no intention I was going to preach this until I got here. And uh, did you know there's 7,858 different languages in the world? And I'm part of a ministry I just sent them $10,000 two weeks ago. I'm part of a ministry that has now translated the Word of God in all 7,858 languages and is getting it to them. There's 458 different languages in Braille for the blind. You know why? Because blind people go to hell just like people who can see. Pakistanis go to hell just like people in America that don't know about Jesus. Listen, where is your heart for the lost? Where is your heart for the lost? How many of you remember when you were lost? That's what people forget. You forget how bad you were messed up. Oh, oh y'all must have been your age. Y'all must have wings underneath those coats on your back. Come on. Where, did you leave your halo out in the car? I don't know what's going on here. How many of you knew it was messed up when Jesus came? He didn't, he didn't talk to you about your sin. He said, I got water. When you drink of it, you'll never thirst again. Do you remember how low Jesus reached down and got a hold of you? There's somebody just like you. I said, there's somebody just like you. Somebody just like you going to stop by a truck stop, going to walk in, get one of these cards in their life. It's going to be changed forever. Souls must be a priority. Number three, it must be a ministry led by the Holy Ghost. I know this about Gary Rayburn. I know this about him. He don't do anything till he hears from God. Because he'll call me and he'll say, I believe the Lord's telling me this. <laughs> Come on. He hears from God. He's led by the Spirit of God. That's the reason this building's here. He knew the Holy Spirit said it's time. You have your own building. And did you know, you know how much is owed on this building? Nothing. You're sitting in a debt-free building. I said, you're sitting in a debt-free building. You know why? The Holy Spirit led it that way. 
Holy Spirit led people to sow. You know, <clears throat> you can walk out of God's house with God's money still in your pocket, but you won't rest. See, while I was preaching, uh, I didn't sleep good last night for two reasons. One, I had that man's guitar pick in my motel room. <clears throat> and I thought, Lord, don't come tonight. I got a guitar pick I owe to this guy back at church. I tried to give it back to him this morning. He said, just keep it. And I thought, man, I wish I'd known that about 12 o'clock last night. But the second reason I couldn't sleep is the Lord began to talk to me. He said, I talked to some people tonight that didn't obey me. He said, I talked to them about a seed, and they thought they couldn't do it. And I don't know if the person's in the building or they're watching online, but God said, I spoke to someone that I've really blessed to sow a $5,000 seed into Lonesome Road Ministry, and they didn't obey me. And he said, I spoke to five more to sow a 1000 and they didn't obey me. Now, that keeps me up at night. You know why? Because when I get ready to hit the road and I pull out in my driveway, I stop and I bow my head and I pray. And I, here's what I pray. Lord, if there's a widow somewhere that's got one cake and she needs to bake it so you can bless her, let me be able to build her faith to obey you so her life can change. See, because that was Elijah's mission in verse Kings 17. He came to the widow's house. She had one meal. She said, we're going to eat it and we're going to die. How many of you read the story? What would have happened if Elijah didn't show up? What if Elijah had not challenged her to bake a cake? What if she had not baked a cake? What would have happened to her and her son? Talk to me, church. You read the story. What would have happened? See, my responsibility is i got to go and preach the gospel. i got to give you an opportunity to obey God. God wants to change your life. God wants to multiply your seed. God wants to take you out of lack into abundance. God wants to take you out of debt to debt-free lifestyle. God wants to take you into a place of increase so you can always be a blessing to his kingdom. Do you want your kids? How many of you have kids? You want your kids to be broke, busted, and disgusted? Well, then why do we think God wants his kids to be like that? The reason you're like that is you won't hear his voice. You've got to hear his voice and then respond. You're not sowing into man. You're sowing into ministry. You're sowing into reaching souls for the kingdom. That's good ground. Number one, what? What was number one? Number two, number three, led by the Holy Spirit. I want you to get these. If you're listening online or you're listening to this on a CD or you're listening to it by scanning the app, this applies to you that are listening. God's Word is not just for a moment. God's Word is for eternity. You may be hearing this a year from now but it's still the Word of God and it's still relevant to you. Number four, a ministry that's not afraid to take the devil on face to face. This ministry is not afraid to face the devil face to face. To stand flat-footed 
shoulder to shoulder, nose to nose, and tell the devil, get your hands off of people's lives. You call Brother Gary, he's going to pray for you. But it ain't going to be God if it's your will. He's going to say, in the name of Jesus, devil, you get your hands off of them right now. Because he's not afraid to walk right into hell and take the devil on face to face. That's why I love him. That's why I stand shoulder to shoulder with him. That's why I'll come here as long as the door is open for me to come. If God raises up somebody else, then I'll shout for them. But until then, I'm going to be here. And I'm going to preach the gospel when I come. I'm going to sing. I'm going to love you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to support this ministry. Why? Because it is good ground. It is good ground. You know, I go into parts of the world where I have to have armed guards get me off the plane. I go to cities right here in America where they have to stand guard at the doors with guns while I preach. Every time I go, somebody says, well, you ought to not go there. It's dangerous. Somebody was telling me the other day, I'm getting ready to go to Pakistan. It's very dangerous for American preachers to go to Pakistan. They said, yeah, uh, they kill preachers over there. I said, well, I'm 74. I don't have a lot of life left anyway. Praise God. I just have them old decrepit years. Praise God. So I'm just, that's all right with me. If I have to go and give my life for Jesus, he gave his life for me. You've got to be willing to march right into hell. You've got to be willing to march right into where the devil is and tell him that God is still alive, that the word of God is still true. He's still defeated, that Jesus is coming soon, that the blood of Jesus Christ saves from sin, and that Jesus will deliver them. Come on. Where's the backbone of the church today? I said, where's the backbone of the church today? My God, get some, get some courage. Get some anointing in your life. Stand up to the devil. He'll come after your seed. Don't let him take your seed. You know, when I'm a sower and I go through financial challenges, I tell you, I handle it. Take my checkbook, lay it on the altar and say, now, Lord, your word says. And then I tell the devil, now, you get your hands off of it. I've got power over you. Church, you need to realize you don't need to get in everybody's line for prayer. You've got power yourself. Come on, Mark 16 didn't say these signs will follow them that get in somebody's line. It said these signs will follow them that believe. Lay hands on yourself. Tell the devil, get your hands off of me. Come on, get your hands off of me. Get your hands off my finances. Get your hands off my ministry. Bunch of timid, shy saints of God. Bless your heart. You know, I got on an elevator with four people this morning. It's dangerous to go on an elevator with me. Now, uh, you Baptists may not understand this, but I speak in tongues, you know. You understand that. don't mean to offend you, but love you, but I'm going to speak in tongues anyway. Because <laughs> I preach in large Baptist churches, and I ain't never stopped having the Spirit of God move on me. If that bothers you, we get in line this morning, I'll get you baptized in the Holy Ghost. Come on. You know, people tell me all the time, said, said, that scared me. I said, it scared me before I got saved too. Come on. Next time you go to an elevator and four people on there and when the door shuts, just lift your hand and start speaking in tongues. They'll get off the other floor. They won't go all the way to the bottom. I was in New York, a 32nd floor. They, this, this four businessmen got on punch. Number one, I just lifted my head. They punched 
floor number three. Come on, I kept speaking in tongues. They punched floor number 12. They kept going up until they got off. Come on, but they got off here in the presence of God and the power of God, knowing that somebody loved Jesus enough, he's not shamed. He's not ashamed of Jesus. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. That 120 in the upper room wasn't ashamed of Jesus. They turned Jerusalem upside down, inside out, by the power of the Holy Ghost. Listen, you gotta take the devil on face to face. Number, number five, and this is probably the most important, it probably should have been number one, where Jesus is Lord. Where Jesus is exalted, where Jesus is uplifted, where the ministry is about Jesus and not about man. Brother Gary is one of the most humble men I've ever met in my life. He is one of the most humble men I've ever met in my life. He, he shows me Jesus in his life. And he's leading this ministry. And this is good ground to sow in. If I were to come around tonight, stick this in your ear. <laughs> and test you would I find light would I find the Holy Spirit and would I find fire come on I'm not going to do that some of y'all got your hands in it I'm not going to do that well, I don't know you messed up that woman's hair I don't know if I trust you or not Hallelujah. Have y'all had fun today? Oh, I've had fun. I love church. I love to preach. Come on, give the Lord a praise. Give Brother Gary and Miss Linda a hand for all they do. Give Roger a hand. Roger works so hard in this ministry. He's so precious. All the chaplains, my Lord, come on. This is a great ministry. This is a great ministry. Mm. Eight million truck drivers in America. Uh, thank God. I always pray for our truckers because they deliver our goods. I said they deliver our goods. We ought to be thankful for our truck drivers. Uh, in, in a moment, we're going to lay hands on some chaplains and ordain them uh, for the ministry of Lonesome Road. But before we do that, I want to give you an opportunity to obey God with a seed. And uh, last night I asked you just to pray about what God wanted you to give. Today I want you to do something different. I want you to make up your own mind what you're going to do. See, a farmer don't have to pray about what he's going to sow. He knows what he's going to sow. A farmer's known by his seed. He's either a wheat farmer, corn farmer, soybean farmer, uh, you know, winter wheat farmer. He, he's... He's known by the seed that he sows. You know something? You're known by the seed you sow. You're known by the seed you sow. And you have to look at it this way. God don't determine the size of your seed by what you release. He determines the size of the seed by what you have left. Can I explain that to you? Uh, two people sitting side by side in church. One of them has a hundred dollars to their name. The other's got a thousand. When it comes time to sow, they both sow a hundred. Which one sowed the most? The one that had the hundred. 
because that's all they had. See, which one moves the heart of God? According to Scripture, the woman with the two mites moved the heart of God because the ones before her said it gave out of their abundance. So God will speak to you where you are. And there's three seeds hell never wants you to sow. Number one, one you didn't intend to sow. Have you ever gone to church and you didn't really intend to sow? But then the Holy Spirit spoke. Am, am I the only one the Holy Spirit would say? You know, I carried one of my best guitars to Trinidad. And I didn't carry it there to give it away. If I had, I would have carried one of my less favorite guitars. I'm human just like you are. You see, before I really got the revelation of seed, time, and harvest, I'd leave my checkbook in the car like you do. Now, how do you know I left it in the car? Because I've seen you go get it and come back in. See, you didn't intend to sow. Do you know the widow that baked the last cake, she didn't intend to do it? Because when he asked for it, she said, I don't have it. She didn't intend to sow it. Second seed he don't want you to sow is one that has a prophetic word attached to it. See, because when she got ready to bake that cake, he said, go bake me a cake. And then bake you and your, ones, your son one. And the meal of barrel will not run out and the oil will not fail until the famine's over. That's a prophetic word. Can I tell you something? Will you hear this? The servant of God, I want to give you a prophetic word. Those of you that sow in this time in this ministry, the next 12 months, God is going to work financial miracles in your life like never before if you'll believe what I'm saying. Miss Ann told last night about how last year she gave 100 and the Holy Spirit said give 500. She gave 500 more. Before she got home, it had been quadrupled four times. You see, you hear that, but because it never happened to you, you think, I don't know if I believe that or not. That's the reason it never happened to you. I'm trying to help you here. <laughs> There's watching online. How many we got online? We got a good group watching online today? Got a good group watching online today? Huh? My, 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 my sister. Amen. Well, we got folks watching online. Folks, this is for you online too. And I want to take a good offering today, and I want to pray over your offering. The third seed hell never wants you to sow. Look at me. Listen to me. Third seed hell never wants is one that it requires faith to sow. Have you ever given anything that required faith for you to sow? You gave it thinking, what am I going to do now? Come on. If your seed don't move you, it won't move God. Uh, I've told this story many times, but I'll tell it while you're getting your seed ready. My late wife, Ruby, and I saved up $25,000 when we first started traveling to buy our first vehicle debt-free. And we were going to go on Saturday to get this, trade our old vehicle in, get this new one, pay twenty-five, and get this vehicle debt-free. First one. On Friday night, God told me to give that 25000 to sow it. But I did. 
I obeyed God. It built a TV studio or station in Brazil that's still going to this day preaching the gospel 24 hours a day in Brazil. From that day to this, I've never paid another car payment. I have five vehicles, and they're all paid for. And they're not, you know, they're not old vehicles because Jesus didn't even ride a second-handed donkey. <laughs> Am I right? He said, go get one nobody ever sat on. So, you know how I got to this place? Sowing. Just sowing. Trust in God to multiply the seed. Amen. I've had truckers that I've talked to over the years that were working for someone else, and they started sowing, and then they've got about five trucks of their own. Had a man chase me down in New York, ran me down, hollering, seed man, seed man, seed See, I'm on television. I was on television this morning. I woke up, and I was on television at 5 o'clock this morning preaching right here. He ran me down. He said, I started watching you on television. He said, I worked for this man over here, and I drove a limousine for him. He said, I started doing what you said. He said, I got five limousines now belong to me. I want to thank you for what you preached. See, I hear stories like that, and I want that to happen to you. I want you to come back to this meeting next year and say, you ain't going to believe what God did for me this year. So get your seed ready. If you're writing a check this morning, write it to Lonesome Road Ministry. If you're scared to put the number on it, hand it to me. I'm not at all. I'll put the number right on there for you. Glory to God. I want to get you blessed. If you'd let me give like you want to give, I'd get you blessed. Because I know what God will do. Philippians 4.19 said he will supply all your need. But did you know something? He'll also supply all your seed according to his riches and glory. As you sow, your seed will increase. When your seed increases, your needs will be met. So get a seed ready. We need about $5,000 today. And if that one person would obey God, we'd have it more. But that's what we need today to reap the budget for this particular Lonesome Road Conference. Those that are watching online, did you know for $250... You can put the gospel into 5,000 hands. I think that is remarkable. Stretch your hand out toward this seed. It's seed. Hell hates it. But God's going to multiply it back to your hands, and God's going to use it to reach many souls. Lord, Gary and I agree right now that hell is bound against the finances of this ministry and this people. God, we will add on to the fellowship hall because we need to. And, God, it will be paid for when it's done. And, Lord, your people will respond to the needs of this ministry, and this ministry will remain debt-free, and this ministry will continue to go forth and reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, Lord, I thank you that you're going to bless this people supernaturally, abundantly, 100-fold in Jesus' name. Well, friends, we don't like to close any program without asking you, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? If you're not sure... If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, if you would like to be saved, pray with me right now. Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Lord, I want to be a Christian. I want you to come into my heart right now and save me. And I will live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen.
What has a big trouble, children? Step on in. that prayer and ask Jesus Christ into your heart, then we want to hear from you. Give us a call right here at 618-383-2107. And remember this, friends, Jesus loves you, and we do too. And this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, and we'll talk at you later.